You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we took a departure from our series in Romans to begin a three-week series leading up to Easter. This series focuses on the cup that is referenced by Jesus when he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. In his message, Josh established that the cup was filled with God's wrath. So today, we talk more about what the wrath of God actually entails and why Jesus would have been so distressed as he asked for God to let it pass from him. We also talk about some practical application we can draw from the story in Luke related to a proper perspective when we encounter trials. Thanks for listening. This is After the Message. Uh, hey guys (laughs) hey mike hey Hey, mike uh i just uh i just got a really funny look from chase over there why mike what were we doing Uh, well we were doing like little vocal calisthenics and you know warming up and it wasn't just me by the way (laughs) uh, yeah i thought it was just you i heard you doing it so anyway did it work (laughs) i warmed up well, I, I kind of feel like it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we'll let the, uh, but Chase gave me the side eye. It's we'll it's, let the yeah. listeners decide. Yeah, it's either Chase's side eye or his mustache. I don't know. <laughs> Can't tell. It's so glorious this morning. Yeah. Has anyone noticed that Chase has been sporting like just the mustache? Like, I love he it. Pretty much shaved the beard off. He's a and, uh, he's got a great face for a mustache. He can do it. Yeah. He he came into my office the other day for a meeting and um and uh, I was I don't know I was caught up in something else Doing so vocal I, calisthenics. I when i finally looked up at him i was like whoa you know what happened <laughs> <laughs> what like, a handsome man you got there who is this guy anyway <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah hey, now he's reminding me to introduce everyone um hey uh so welcome to the podcast today it's good to be here and um so so you're aware of who's who's with us uh this morning we have sean selman we have josh Braddy. We have Preston Crow, and we have Josh Kinsley, who's our uh, uh, high school pastor, is with us uh, today. And so, uh, mm, and of course, as always, Chase Hammock, our uh, producer and, yes. and like antagonizer. Mm. <laughs> Wow. That was a little wow. strong. That was yeah. aggressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Uh, it's good to uh, get to be here and to uh, be talking about the message from yesterday. So we started a new series, and um, it was uh, it's a little departure from the Roman series Indeed for three is. weeks. Yep. We get a little respite, and uh, so we are really looking at uh, the 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 sort of life of Jesus and in. The cup, uh, so the, the kind of focus of this three-week series is on the cup of wrath that, that Jesus uh, was confronted with uh, when it came time for his Passion Week. That's and, right. And so uh, we started that uh, yesterday. We've got two more weeks of it leading up that will culminate on Easter Sunday. But um, I know this has been something that's been on your heart and mine mm. for a while, Josh. Like, like So what led you here in... And kind of, I mean, you know, every Easter, it's kind of the same story, right? So, sure, yeah. You know, uh, I think there is a tension there for, for a lot of pastors, ministers, church people uh, to, to come up with something unique, um, you know, whether that's throughout the year, uh, whatever it is. And I think there are certain seasons that we shouldn't do something unique. Uh, and, and I think Easter should be one of the – Easter mm. and Christmas, like the, 
It should be the Easter story and it should be the Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do think there are opportunities for us um, to look at it through different lenses. Mm. Uh, and so as, as we understand Passion Week and we understand um, who Christ is and what Christ has done for us, um, there's a pretty pivotal moment that, that happens um, right, right prior to the crucifixion, uh, prior to, to the arrest, uh, when he is in the garden, he's praying. Mm. Uh, and, and he prays, Father, let this, this cup pass from me. Uh, and, and a lot of times we, we, we just kind of hear that and we think, well, you know, that, that may pertain to um, the, the crucifixion or the betrayal or, or all, the, all the bad things that we can see wrapped up in that moment. Uh, and then it, then it kind of continues on, and this is the way we're going to go this coming Sunday, uh, where, where he drinks the cup and, and he drinks it in totality. And there's going to be a Greek word that, that we hear, uh, and this one will come out of the Gospel of John, and it's tetelestai. Uh, and that is my very Southern draw <laughs> version of the actual Greek pronunciation. But essentially, it is finished. Right, so so what is finished? Well, the cup is 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 no longer filled. It is it is gone. It's it's done. Uh, and then moving forward, uh, we as believers and followers of Christ, uh, we're given a new cup and a new story to tell. Uh, and so there's something uh, that that pertains to that cup. One was really bitter and 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 wrath filled, and something else is sweet and beautiful and brings mm-hmm. life. And and for me, that has been a beautiful journey for me to. To journey with Christ, um, to to appreciate what He has done for me, for us, for humanity, and that in essence beckons my heart to to want to go and serve Him, to love Him, and to worship Him. So mm-hmm. that's where it was born out of, um, and just excited to share that with our church uh, and share that with um, anybody who's watching mm-hmm. or listening. That's great. Yeah, it was really. Uh, I think Josh, you commented on this. Josh Kinsley, mm-hmm. you you commented on this. Uh, earlier when we were talking, and and I, I and I, I felt the same thing. I think it's like it was really really helpful when you look back into you know the book of Jeremiah. I mean, we we started in Luke, and then then you look back into Jeremiah, and then ahead into Revelation to to kind of give context for what the cup was. Like, what mm-hmm. is the wrath? So it's cup of wrath. Like, what what was the wrath of God? Mm-hmm. And um, that was really really helpful. Mm-hmm. I I thought. Yeah, and, I, mm-hmm. I, I think. Because for me, you hear that every Easter, the cup, and it's this imagery or this illustration and kind of seems like it's this kind of one Bible thing, Bible language, like what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And there's different things we come up with, seems like, that, that it could mean. So I think it's really awesome that we took that and it's like, this is, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And we didn't just stay here in Luke, but we went to Jeremiah mm-hmm. and then fast forwarded to Revelation too to see – what that looks like Old Testament wise, what what God was telling Jeremiah to tell the people, and then what that looks like for all of us mm-hmm. at the end of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 Preston, I think you made the point. Like a lot of times when we think about when we think about Jesus, we think about particularly his prayer in the garden. You know, when he's asking the Father to let this cup pass. Like, like we think our mind goes to the crucifixion. Right. Like, like. I mean, who would want to be crucified, right? right? I mean, right. Who, who would want to go through that? Yeah. So, like, it's it's like this fear. You think or, of a very physical yeah. side of it, right? Because the crucifixion, obviously, like, I don't want to be crucified. Can you let this pass? Right. You know, but but really, there was a lot more to it than that, mm-hmm. right? And I think even I was thinking back to like even hymns that we know from you know growing up and mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of the imagery in the hymns is more about the physical side of the crucifixion 
not as much about really what this cup of wrath yeah. was about. And mm-hmm. if we're not careful, we can get very tied into that. Not that it wasn't, you know, brutal and not that it wasn't from a physical human standpoint awful, but what he's dreading there in the garden is less about the the physical side of it as it is this this cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I've always heard it like just the whole idea of we often think about Jesus's death and we think about the most heinous mm-hmm. and terrible part of it was the crucifixion. Right. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Like it it is literally the fact that the son has taken on the wrath of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that is that is the the most brutal part of Jesus's death is the taking yeah. on of the wrath of God. Mhm. And and to put yourself in Jesus's place, he fully understood what that wrath was going to be right. like. You know, right. we we learn about it through Scripture. Jesus yes. knew it firsthand, fully, prior to mm-hmm. this moment. And so mm-hmm. the the thought of what I'm about to go through would have been exponentially more than if you know one of us thought, okay, God's wrath's going to be poured out because he he knew it. Mm-hmm. Just makes it so beautiful too when you really study and understand what that looks like of God's wrath. Any follower of Jesus or non should see that and, mm-hmm. and just be extremely thankful mm-hmm. and should mm-hmm. renew our worship of who Jesus is That's right. mm-hmm. and what he did for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, was, well, I had a thought there and then it left me. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I thought uh, it was fantastic. It, well, I think it was, but uh, it'll come back to me here in a okay. second. So, um, Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> no, yeah. so so if I could if I could take a go go at it, um, you know I, I think going going back to you know I think of uh, when I survey the wondrous cross mm-hmm. like that yeah. is one of my favorite mm-hmm. hymns. Yeah. It's one of my favorite hymns for many different reasons. Uh, one, it is um, I, I don't know the musical term, Mike, so help me out. Um, but it's not happy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's it's sad. It's it's somber. somber. It is yeah. remorse. Like like there's just like almost a, a dirge. Like yeah. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a real word, but like well, a funeral a word. Yeah, funeral. Like I feel like I'm walking. Mm. To a place of of sadness, mm-hmm. um, and it is sad whenever whenever we think about what our what our Savior endured on that day, on that Good Friday, where mm-hmm. where he has been lied about, he has been betrayed. There's this mock courtroom situation that was set up from the beginning to to get him to the place where he's he's beaten and 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 to the to the points that you guys have already made um a lot of times we'll focus on those physical attributes but what we have to remember what we need to know is there had been thousands of people crucified in the same exact Uh manner um you know i do think that there were some unique things um i don't know how many people had a crown of thorns beaten into their skull Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how many people crucified prior to that had uh, here is the king of the Jews written in four different languages for everybody mm-hmm. to come in. And it was mm-hmm. a bit of mocking, um, but also a statement of fact, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of a kind of a, a beautiful difference in the crucifixion. Um, but that wasn't the scariest part of it. Um, and so when, whenever we think of the crucifixion, uh, I don't think it's wrong, but I certainly don't think right. it's fully right to say, you know, Jesus, thank you for taking those beatings for me. Thank you for, for, for wearing that crown of thorns for me, because that wasn't ours to bear. That, that was a part of the Roman crucifixion culture. Mm-hmm. What he did in the cup, he did for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I think this, this is even hard to wrap our minds around. I know it is for me. It's one thing for me to, to be able to parse out 
a little bit guilty and a lot guilty. And somebody who's a little bit guilty saying, okay, I understand. I, I don't deserve all that, but I deserve some of this. But I'm going to go ahead and take it for everybody so somebody doesn't have to get in trouble. So I think back to my, my junior high days, right? And in those times that, you know, the teacher would send home the notes Josh was talking in class. <laughs> and, I, you know, you'll never amount to anything. You won't stop talking. Ha ha, this is where it got me today. Um, <laughs> But, but I think there's a little bit of that, well, I'm already in trouble, so I might as well take the trouble for everybody else so everybody else doesn't get in trouble. Well, that's not this. Like, he is complete, Christ is sinless when he is taking on the full wrath of God for the full sinfulness of humanity. Mm-hmm. And he is about to take it. And what does sin do? Well, at the core, it separates us mm-hmm. from the Father. Mm-hmm. And so now, Jesus Christ, the Son, is going to be separated for a moment mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. God the Father. Mm-hmm. Because of the sin of the people, our sin, your sin, my sin, and that is a weighty thing. And that's something we get into this coming week, and, and we get this declaration, this cry, and I can't even imagine, guys, what, what that would be like. A lot of times we read it so sterilely, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. I can't imagine how heart-wrenching that must have been mm. for the son to cry out to the father, why? Why, God? Like, I've already asked you to, to mm. let this cup pass for me, and you said, no, why have you forsaken me? And, and what we'll see is there's going to be a distinction. Jesus mm. is actually quoting Psalm 22, but it's a real cry yeah. mm. because he really took the wrath, and he really was separated from the Father. But it was in that moment that we were redeemed. It's that moment that the, mm. the veil is torn from top mm. to bottom. It's a beautiful picture, and it stirs my heart to worship every time. That's why I love Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So invite your friends. Come to Easter. <laughs> yeah. So and and that actually, I appreciate you saying that. It actually reminded me of where my head was going earlier, mm. uh, and it and it was that that idea or question because we talk about okay, it was it was more than just the crucifixion. Mm. It was more, uh, you know, it was it was God or Jesus sort of anticipating this God's wrath that He was going to to endure and take on. Um, but also, you know, my mind went to sort of this that relational. Yeah. aspect between Jesus and the Father, you uh-huh. know, who are, are in perfect unity, perfect yeah. relationship. And then there's this moment in mm-hmm. time yeah. when um, Jesus takes on the sin of the world and, and is, experiences that separation, which had to be, had to be excruciating and, yeah. and, you know, miserable for him. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe even that's, that's kind of part of that prayer. It's like, you know, this is Please don't yeah. let me let me yeah. don't let me do this. Don't mm. make me do this. No. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, this question comes to mind because okay, so we so we see Jesus, who of all people, you know, if 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 God was going to answer a prayer and grant a request, you know, it seems like it would be Him. Uh, but we see Him have this prayer in the garden, uh, asking uh, for this cup to pass. Um, and, and God's answer is no. Uh, so, but yet we look in, in, at other points throughout Scripture, particularly in the Old Testament, I'm thinking of, of a number, you know, when, when you're dealing with the nation of Israel after the Exodus and all that, when, uh, you know, uh, they do things and, and God's anger is stirred toward them, Moses or some other uh, leader would pray on their behalf and ask God to relent, and he does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's different? Uh, you know, is, is there anything we can draw from that? Is there anything that's different in this instance when God chooses not to relent and not to, uh, to you know, grant Jesus' requests in this case? But in other points, he does. 
Any thoughts toward that? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in and, and give a, a quicker answer, and you guys can expound on it. Um, any any other case in the Old Testament um, where wrath was coming and God didn't bring that wrath about? It wasn't that the wrath went away. It was just paused. Mm. Um, God, God's wrath was still there, and it was still coming for his people. It just may not have come in that moment as fully as it was going to. Mm. Uh, and so in the prayers, when, when Moses would pray on behalf of the people and say, God, God saved them. God, don't do this. God, and, and he didn't, and he relented for that. It wasn't that he, he satisfied the wrath of God and there was no more wrath. Like It's still there. Mm. It's just paused. Uh, and what Jesus does is he takes the fullness of that wrath. And this is why the hope that we have this side of the cross mm. is so immense and eternal. There's no more wrath. There's no more wrath of God for those who have put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ. Mm. There is still wrath applied for those who have not. That, that's where we get to that, that Revelation, Revelation 14 passage. Right. Uh, and for all of those who don't put their hope and, and trust in Christ, that wrath is coming one day and it will be poured out full strength. That's what that's what John receives and writes down for us as we as we read it. So when we see the Old Testament, I do believe there are times that that God. I don't know. <laughs> I know we can read this in there. I don't know if it's true. I don't believe it's true. I don't think God ever changes His mind. I don't think God's mind is set on something and Moses tells him something. Goes, well, I think you're right, Moses. I think we'll we'll go with your way better than my way. I think there's something more, something deeper to the sovereignty of God in that moment. But it's all pointing to Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. And and so where there was uh, a wrath, like if we go back and use the illustration from yesterday, tidal wave a thousand miles high and wide and coming at you a thousand miles an hour, there's no more wave. It's not that it's just blocked. It's not just it's it's, it's being held back by something. Mm. The ground has opened up and swallowed it. It's no more. Mm. And so now there's no more fear of ever that happening. And so we no longer as Christians walk in fear of God's wrath, or at least we shouldn't if we rightly understand the gospel. We walk in freedom, knowing that wrath is completely done away with. We are no longer judged by who we were and what we did. We're judged by whose we are and what he did. And that's a that's the good news of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else would you guys add to that? I think it, like, it's just that whole – our tendency to want to put God inside of the, like, the human experience, like the history, the time aspect – like in those moments, like you said, from our from our aspect, if you look at it, the wrath is just delayed, mm-hmm. but it's still coming. That's right, mm-hmm. right. And so, um, I think that I think the other piece of it is in the same way that it's pointing toward that, it's also pointing toward mercy. Mm-hmm. Like so, in those moments that that Moses cries out to God, or um, the people of God cry out to him and his, his wrath is delayed. It is, it is a beautiful picture of God's mercy. Mm. Even when he speaks, uh, I believe to Abraham where he says, and so the, the Amorites until their iniquity is complete. Right. right. So he's, he's withholding this, this wrath so that we might gain a better understanding of his mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wrath is due us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it, it is coming and it will be poured out. Um, like it says in Jeremiah, like is like there's no way to avoid it. That's right. Yeah. And so, um, and so Jesus steps in, and finally, where it's fully poured out, even yeah. even in the moments where judgment comes in the Old Testament, like uh, judgment is always seen as wrath of God. Mm-hmm. So, so even in those moments where Israel experiences exile or being defeated or conquered, that 
that is a piece of God saying judge, judgment is. That's right. Yeah. This is not my full wrath either, though. Yeah. Like yeah. this is not this is not the full cup. That's right. Yeah. This is just a drop from the cup, but, but this is what you're due. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Christ pours out the whole cup on himself. Like yeah. he's he's he takes it all. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, so I think the gravity of it. But I think I think we just have to be careful of. Oftentimes we want to push we want to push God into mm-hmm. the way we think about and the way we see things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to understand there's a bigger picture. Yeah. That's right. As you were talking, I was I was just kind of thinking back through the Passover and just the imagery of when when the Israelites were there and they were captive and God began in some sense, pouring out wrath in parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like here's a plague. That's a little bit of God's wrath, a little bit of God's wrath. But you get this; it bumps up a notch or two or ten with the with the killing of the firstborn. Mm-hmm. But then you've got these that are protected from His wrath. His wrath still came, mm-hmm. but for the Israelites who had who had killed the lamb and placed the the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, the mm-hmm. the death angel passed over them, yeah. and so the wrath was still there. But they were protected from it. And I think when you talked about Revelation, you did a great job explaining that, hey, just because Jesus died does not mean there's not wrath or does not mean that people will not still experience that wrath. If you've not placed your faith in Christ Mm -hmm. and been covered by that blood, then the wrath, it's still there. It's been delayed, but it's still still coming. Mm. I think it's like this thought, it's all pointing to something greater. Mm. That's right. Like greater wrath, mm-hmm. but also greater salvation. Like, right, like right. so, even the Passover lamb that they is just a picture of the yeah. salvation that was going to be brought yeah. about and yeah. fulfilled in Christ. And so, so which protected that, them in that moment, but then they they had to keep sacrificing as they traveled, mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. years and years on. Yeah. So once again, just it to me it brings you to this moment of worship, going. God, you you are worthy, yeah. and mm-hmm. you are holy. You you deserve my all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when we when we when we see the magnitude of wrath and mercy and grace and love, like mm-hmm. the magnitude of those things, should push us into a place of worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can it can bring you to tears to think about that. Just the glory of God and, and what he did for us and how he saved us. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the beauty mm. of the worship. And I, I think I've already said this, it should renew our worship. Mm. But I think, and I'm, Josh, I may be getting into yeah, do it. further weeks, but also think Same that story every year. The, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. the, the sta- at least this is what I wrote down. The statement was uh, people who choose to not, or people who choose not to put their faith and hope in Christ doesn't need to worry about the beast mm-hmm. we talked about in Revelation. I think a lot of times we think about that, the mm-hmm. end of times and all the things that are going to happen. They will need to fear the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think for us, as much as it can break us down and bring us to tears and renew our worship to Christ, I think it also should kind of ignite this angst in us to go mm-hmm. looking That's toward true. the Great Commission and realize – People are going to face that wrath of God yeah. that was taken for us mm-hmm. as followers of Christ, and for us to go and and share the good news of what Jesus has done for other people, so they mm-hmm. can too experience mm-hmm. 
the glory of God and the salvation that he gives. That's right. That's so good. That's a good word. You should preach it in two weeks. <laughs> 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 no, you didn't give me enough time. Right? That. <laughs> That's a good day. Hey, so, Mike, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Um, we've talked multiple times and you, you've heard us say, you know, it, it draws our heart to worship. And I, I think when we say worship, um, a lot – the collective mm. we, uh, you know, yeah. the, the royal we, as it were, <laughs> uh, we think automatically we go to music. And so we say, oh, well, Mike, you know, you know, worship pastor, executive pastor over worship and creative arts. Like this must be your world. Like when you view worship, um, could would you mind just taking a, a few minutes and, and helping us understand like philosophy of, of, of what worship is and, and kind of where, where your heart comes from and, and Chris uh, being new to our, our worship ministry team, like how you guys are planning and, and leading us in that as we are, in essence, being led in response to this good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll try to, uh, to distill it down into uh, a few minutes here. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, so first of all, I, I realize that and I think we've we've the church has probably helped with this in a lot of ways of of really uh, promoting this false sense of what worship is. I mean, like we use words like worship, or like our worship time, sure, which worship. a lot of people equate with the the times where the we sing in our weekend services. Yep. Um, you know, and it, so it gives. I think it helps promote this really small view of what worship actually is, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I, I love going back to Romans 12 uh, when I think of worship, you know, uh, you know, the, the verse one, uh, therefore, brothers, I urge you in view of God's mercies to, mm. to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. And so, mm. um, you know, thinking and, and this has sort of become cliche now, but but worship is a, a lifestyle, you mm. know, it, it is it encompasses everything. And in that sense that everything that we do uh, can be an act of worship. If we do it as unto the Lord, we do it to glorify him. Um, and uh, I, I tell people that the, probably some of the most significant and meaningful moments of worship that I've ever had have not been in the context of a worship service mm-hmm. at a church. You know, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I remember the first time I went hiking in the Rocky Mountains, and I, I, I was – I was walking down a trail through an aspen forest and I came around a bend and the the forest opened up and I'm looking over this mountain range that is so vast and so big. I felt so small. Mm. And I remember this overwhelming sense of God's greatness to think, mm. you know, that, that he created that. Mm. And I am so minuscule in view of it. Um, and of course, those are just mountains. That's part of his creation. Yeah. He is so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember distinctly, like it was a it was a, a meaningful moment of worship where I, I I viewed myself in perspective of who God is. And uh, even when it comes to like you know this this topic we're talking about, like like yesterday's message, when you're uh, you know like you went back to to. Uh, the book of Jeremiah, you're talking through the the wrath of God and, and like I'm seeing things in a in a new way mm-hmm. and, and and hearing things or uh, context for things that I, I just even after, you know, I'm fifty years old, I've been, you know, I became a believer when I was really young and, you know, I've been following Christ a long time, but I still see new things about him and I'm mm-hmm. and 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 it and it reminds me that there is so much more that I don't yet fully understand mm-hmm. and 
and it's a great reminder to me of his worthiness to be worshipped. Um, you know, now, so that that's just a little bit about sort of the, the, the broadness, I think, of worship. Now, in the context of our worship services, you know, of course, we want to we want to help uh, and, and find ways to to capture that and and to uh, to bring that to a moment in 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 our our weekend gatherings, of course. Um, and so, you know, we when when we go to plan, Chris, myself, Chase is a part of that. This, um, you know, we often we sit down, we we look at the passage for that week. And we pray and ask God to, hey, would you just direct us and, and lead us toward things that would help uh, help connect our people uh, in worship to to uh, to who you are and your worth, and uh, and then we we see where that leads. And then we, we we just sort of sit and create a brainstorm, yeah. and uh, you know, and hopefully when we when we show up on Sunday mornings, um, you know the spirit uses those things and takes them. And, and they're often things when we walk away from, it, it's like, we could not have planned that, mm. you know, something happened, some connection or something. It was like, uh, like we never saw that coming. Well, that's, you know, I, I believe that's the spirit is in his grace, just <laughs> allows those Connecting things to happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think the, the weekend gathering, of course it's important. But that's not all there is to it, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, we need to to gather together corporately as believers and to uh, uh, to encourage one another toward worship. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's the only worship we're getting uh, every week, um, then we're missing it. Yeah. And so, I don't know if that answers your question, but it did. Really helpful. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Thank mm-hmm. you for for your team and and how you guys collaboratively uh, and and specifically lead us. In musical worship mm. and in life worship every single week, mm. man, we're so thankful for you guys. Yeah, mm. thank you. So, um, so let's. Uh, I want to talk. Maybe, maybe this is sort of a little practical shift, but, um, uh, but so I'm reminded, and I, I think Josh, you, you, you sort of brought this point up before we started recording this podcast today. Um, you know, oftentimes, I mean, we. We might look at uh, again. We look at Jesus' prayer, and and the fact that uh, that God did not remove this cup from him, mm-hmm. and uh, and yet we pray that prayer in some form or fashion all the time, right? Sure. God, this is painful. I'm I'm walking through something. This is this hurts. I, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. Uh, God, would you take this away? Um, and you you made a statement. I think in our, our pre-podcast conversation, just that, uh, just because we go through hard things doesn't mean that it's not God's will for those things to yeah. happen and for us to have to go through those things. That's right. Um, can you say more to that? Yeah. Um, I think you, you said it beautifully. I, I think when we see the Luke passage, and I think this is this is a unique vantage point Luke gives us, for it's not in the other gospels, um, that that when Christ asked the Father to let this cup pass, he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. Evidently, the answer is no. Like we don't, we don't hear the heaven doesn't the heavens don't open up, and there's not a no. Uh, James Earl Jones doesn't doesn't speak from from heaven, um, but he sends an angel to come and strengthen him. Mm. Um, it doesn't say comfort him; it says strengthen him, uh, and that that's that's a, a u- mm. unique nuance I think for for many times we would say, oh no, I didn't get my prayer answered. I'm so sad. I need to be comforted as if. As if sadness uh, or weakness is going to be the result. Well, 
if God said no to your prayer, then he must have it in your life for a reason, no matter how hard it is, no matter how, in our view, this side of eternity, how awful it may be, there must be a divine reason for it. And God in his grace, what we see here, God sends an angel to strengthen him. Now, I don't have any friends uh, and, uh, that, that have or I have not experienced also angels coming to me and strengthening me. But I can look back at my life and see where I have asked the Lord to, to take something away or not give us this or, or please, God, with, with all that I am, I'm begging you, please don't let this be the answer that's coming. And indeed, that answer did come. Mm-hmm. Or those things that I prayed for not to happen happened. But God in his grace strengthened for that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was sharing before we were recording, I think maybe this is the first time, even though I know that's true, I don't know if I've ever said, okay, well then, Lord, then strengthen me for it. Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. almost just a resolved nature to say, okay, well, Lord, you, uh, truly, your, your will be done, not mine. So strengthen me. What if 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 this thing that I don't want or don't desire, I think is is not going to be good, advantageous, or beneficial for me, then God, I want it to be Your will and and not mine. Um, so give me strength. And and I found myself even yesterday afternoon praying that prayer. God, whatever it is that I'm going to face this week, even before me asking You not to or to do, strengthen me. Give me strength to face it. To give You glory. Mm. Give me strength to 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 give You honor. And and now. Like truly, like I know, uh, to your point, Mike, you said that, that you have followed the Lord for a long time. I too, I've, I've been a believer since I'm six years old. I'm, I'm 40 and like there's still times I'll read and I get some, like I see something new and something for the first time and it changes me. And even after weeks of study, even after preaching this, it wasn't until yesterday afternoon after I woke up from my nap <laughs> that I saw this in a different way. Hmm. And there was just a sense of resolve to say, okay, Lord, I I want to be strengthened by you for whatever it is that you have sovereignly placed in my life. And that's what I want to do, and that's who I want to be. Um, And that's a whole different perspective than the Eeyore Christian, oh, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I hate, I got to walk through this. Sure, life is hard. We will have trouble. Jesus said that in John. Um, but, But for us, I think we understand that if God has sovereignly trusted you with something, no matter what you think about it, it is going to be something that he's going to give you everything you need to make it through to give him glory. Mm -hmm. And so we receive whatever it is that he wants to strengthen us by. Uh, And and so for me, that gave me a new um, renewed sense of hope and worship yesterday. Mm. Yeah, it's good. So there's a couple of takeaways from there. Uh, I think one of them is, namely, you need a nap. (laughs) <laughs> that's when the Lord speaks after hey. you now. So, yeah. yeah. I like it. I didn't get a nap yesterday. So see, the Lord didn't see. speak. Not I know. I know. I felt deprived. There you go. <laughs> of God's voice. Jesus napped. <laughs> we nap. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, well, guys, I, great discussion today. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know uh, I'm looking forward to the next two weeks. And um, of course, this coming Sunday is Palm Sunday, and uh, so uh, we will uh, we will observe the Lord's Supper together. Um, uh, and so we're we're looking forward to that as always. Uh, and then Easter, uh, Easter Sunday, always always a big uh, a big weekend mm-hmm. for us, and um, you know because of what it means, but also because it's it's a time when uh, everybody seems to gather at the same time, and. Uh, so, uh, as, as the local body here at Broadmoor, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll be seeing faces all together that we don't, we don't often see all together. And, um, so, uh, for those who are listening, just uh, just a reminder that on Easter weekend we've got a, a little different schedule, and so w- there will be three services that weekend. Uh, the first of which will be on Saturday evening at six thirty p.m. So, uh, you can come and be a part of this Saturday evening service, or there are two options on Sunday morning. There's a nine thirty. And 11. I said that wrong a week or two ago uh, (laughs) whenever we talked about it, Uh, but it's either 9.30 or 11 on Sunday morning. And uh, so we would love to have you come and worship with us. Bring someone with you. Uh, It's going to be a great, great time of worship. And then after Easter, we're back into Romans. Yeah, baby. It's going to be great. So uh, great. Hey, guys, any closing thoughts, anything before we wrap up for today? No, it was a great time. Yeah, Josh Kinsley. Thanks for letting me be a part. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. so awesome. Thanks for it, being here. Thanks oh, for what man. you do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thanks for love being it. here, Josh. Absolutely. All right, guys. Always good talking with you. Love doing life with you. Love you guys. Yes. Yes. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.